0: Managing money and knowing what is good for your financial well-being at every stage of life is a skill. It's a skill that every person needs. Managing money well means having an adequate level of protection, more savings than debt, and knowing how the choices we make can either make us or break us. Of course, we're all human. So in Your Money Matters, a podcast brought to you by Discovery, I unpack practical aspects on banking, life insurance, investments, and more in discussions with experts. Join me for these interesting conversations and hear how small things we do can take us to greater levels of financial security and more of life's rewards. Now, there are mixed ideas and perceptions when it comes to whom should have life insurance cover and who in society and who might not need it at all. Well, today, life insurance is open to absolutely anyone of legally acceptable age. In previous generations, women weren't necessarily the primary Target market. You would think that everybody in the 21st century would need equal cover for equal risk in an equally scary world. Dr. Marita Funevolts is the chief medical officer at Discovery Life, and Kashmira Kanji is Discovery Life's senior risk specialist. Uh, Kashmira, let's start with you. This idea that men and women should be insured differently is bizarre to me, but I think it's a widely held belief.
1: Absolutely, Bruce. I think even in my lifetime, I've seen so many of these discrepancies in the way women are treated when it comes to financial planning, that it's frightening. And in fact, there is absolutely no need to think of financial planning differently when you speak to a woman. It should be exactly the same level of astuteness that is used to plan for a, a, you know any female adversities that might exist, as you would for a male.
0: I mean, this idea that there's an insurance gap, explain this to me, would you?
1: Yes, so the World Economic Forum, and I find these gap studies fascinating because, uh, you know, coming from an all-girls school and being almost indoctrinated to believe that everything should be equal as it should be. You know, I read these studies on an annual basis, quite the nerd that way. But the World Economic Forum found that of everyone in the world that does not have access to a financial product... That could be a bank account or an insurance policy or or anything related to the financial world. The largest chunk of those people is made up of women. It's 55% of people who have no access are females. And, And that is worrying because that really means that we've got a large number of women who are retiring without any adequate financial planning in place and also living their lives without any financial planning in place.
0: We talk about financial planning, uh, broadly speaking, that's fine, but we're talking specifically about insurance. Take me through this from your perspective, Dr. Marita van der Welt, this idea that women don't insure themselves or are not adequately insured during their lifetimes.
2: Yes, Bruce, that is actually a scary idea because women today, and maybe changing, but they've always been partners and today they're really equal partners whether they are working full time or half time or staying at home to look after the children it's an equal partnership so you don't just look at the slip, you look at the contribution you look at the contribution money um, and everything else you do if you are incapacitated Or you have a life-changing condition or in the very unfortunate event of dying too early what will happen what will it cost to replace everything you're doing and once you start doing the sums you can see how important it is critical illness for example what would happen if you get cancer and we know women breast cancer is very very high on the list and young women today in their 30s in their 40s when you still have dependent children and so many responsibilities what would happen if you need extra care if you need to go somewhere for treatment maybe you're not in a big center Maybe there are additional expenses over and above what the medical aid would cover. There are so many scenarios that could impact on a woman's life and therefore on the family's life, the children, the spouse and any other dependents. Maybe you're looking after elderly parents. So I don't think we can overestimate the role of women today they're multitasking they are doing so much and to replace income to replace whatever they're doing needs careful planning what if i die too young what if there's a life changing event what if i have a condition but i can recover what if
0: i live very long so you have to think of all the what if scenarios I'm operating on the basis that men and women are equals in a financial relationship. You seem to be working on the basis that in many cases... Uh, men fulfill the traditional role of doing work and many women stay at home or they compromise on their career in order to be at home more than perhaps the male partner is. And perhaps that is where we get this gender gap cashmere in terms of, well, you only contribute 30% of the household income or you don't contribute anything to the household income. So why should we commit money to covering your contribution because you don't make a contribution, at least not in cash terms. And I think that's where the problem comes in, Kashmir.
1: Yes, absolutely. And if I think about all the women in my lifetime and around me and at work who would be the first to, you know, stay at home if a child is ill of the couple. It's the woman who generally takes time out of her day to care for an ailing family member. It's the woman who generally spends a lot more of her time caring for any extramural activities that might need to be done by a child. It's the woman that takes the most part of her career out in order to raise a child in the first few years, and all of that contributes to 10 years less in the workforce. Okay, and that's what these gap studies have found, which means that if you couple that with how much longer we live, so 10 years less to work, Coupled with the fact that we live about eight years longer than men, we've got a significant gap in how much of time we have to make up for the income that we lose in that time. And so financial planning to ensure that you are adequately protected if you take time out to raise a family. You know, your family is adequately protected in the event that you are ill and you cannot take time out to care for your family. Those things aren't really analyzed by financial people very closely because they don't understand what value to put to that
0: time. Why is that so difficult, Kashmir? Why is it so difficult to say that here is somebody who is... Making the family work, making the family function, without whom the main breadwinner, in this case the male, because this is the conversation that we're having, would not be able to fulfill their function. They would become responsible then for the day-to-day running of the family and all of the stuff that they might take for granted on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely, and it is taken for granted. You know, if you think about the world in general not just the first world countries we probably need to speak a little bit more about developing countries these developing countries where women are generally on the back foot in terms of equality so how easily they can access a job market and then secondly how easily they can access that job market if something is to happen to them so we find that women are even in an even worse position after An event that puts this financial burden on a family to recover from it than their male counterparts are and that gap that's created has not been quantified we can't put a number on how much of income a household loses because a woman is unable to work or contribute to the household during that time And that has been the main difficulty when it comes to financial advisors and their ability to assess the risk that's placed on a family if the female isn't able to do her job in that family. And her job is not necessarily the work that she does to earn an income, but her job is also this this holistic caring for the family, the day-to-day trips, the laundry that might need to be done. And the sad reality is that even today, the domesticated female, that term still exists.
0: In that, and it's, it's true, you, you laugh. It, it's, <laughs> it's, we've got domesticated cattle, um, we've got domesticated cats, and we've got domesticated women. I mean, I'm, I'm not laughing at that fact. I'm just laughing at the fact that we still use that sort of terminology. It's astonishing.
1: Absolutely. And I refer to the study often, but the World Economic Forum found that nowhere in the world do maybe, except in my household, in case my dad's listening, but nowhere in the world do men do as much of the household chores as women do. So work that's not paid for. There isn't a single place in the world, again, besides my household dad, where that's a reality. So the domesticated female, sadly, as I said, is still a thing.
0: Marita, I mean, I think statistics show that women do tend to live longer than men, whether it's genetics, whether it's good common sense during their lives, or whether they're just relieved when men die younger, that they seem to get this new lease on life.
2: Yeah. Bruce, we know the statistics. Women do live longer. And the chances of a woman later in life being suddenly single, I actually call it the suddenly single syndrome, through either death or divorce, you found that you are now single. And I would urge every woman from early on to be an equal partner in the financial planning of the family know who's insured for what, know where the wills are, know which accounts need to be paid, know where the policies are, be hands-on with all the admin. Nobody enjoys administration, I know that. But it is so important, just get these things in place, know what's going on and be involved so that on the unfortunate event of either death or divorce, that you can cope and that you are financially secure. It's bad enough losing a spouse, whether it's through death or divorce. Those are the two life-changing events highest on the list of stressful events, death of your spouse and divorce. And to be in financial Difficulty at that very, very difficult stage of your life is really very hard. So make sure that you know what's going on, that you're an equal partner, that you're a joint decision maker and that you are insured and that you know that if anything happens, that at least financially you can cope.
0: It goes to Nikki Bush's file, uh, the file of all the important stuff in your life, the stuff that you hadn't even considered, the passwords, the, the policies, the investments, the money, just the pin numbers, all of those important details in life, being actively involved in that process. The a critical point, Marita, absolutely critical. Talk to me then, Marita, I mean, the examples that you see as the chief medical officer at Discovery Life. I mean, the sorts of examples that play out when things do go wrong in families and, you know, tragically, stuff does go wrong. Hopefully people recover from illnesses, but sometimes somebody ends up under a bus and um, somebody dies or somebody is disabled. Uh, And that, I mean, disability creates a whole new level of complications for families and can ruin families can destroy families because of inadequate preparation that is very true bruce if we just look at disability you've touched on disability
2: it could either be temporary and temporary can be a long time like three months or six months it can take a long time recover from a serious car accident for example or brain surgery or something like that so you've got to look at a temporary disability and what if it's permanent that you can never ever do your work again so now you have the burden of a big loss of not only income but work defines us and work is very good for us not everybody might agree but work is actually therapy so loss of your career loss of your job loss of your income that is a multifaceted loss so you sit with that emotional burden and then the logistics the practical logistics of getting the kids to school and doing everything that you used to do and then there's the financial aspect so at least if you've planned and you have the finances in place, you can focus on adapting, on making a plan, and coping with the emotions of a very big
0: loss in your life. If the woman in the family was to be killed in a tragic incident, or in a car crash, or be hurt in a car crash, whatever it might be, why it is that a family thinks that they would be any better off than if the main breadwinner were killed in that environment? It's just, again, a bizarre concept. The trauma is the same, if not accentuated in some respect.
1: Absolutely, Bruce, and I think, you know, from both Dr. Marita's side and my own, we see so many claims coming through for so many women. And you mentioned earlier, finding yourself under a bus, and that sounds like an extreme thing, but let's talk about the less extreme, but more common. And just a couple of years ago, if we took the number of people who are diagnosed with cancer, you know, new diagnoses on the Discovery Health Medical Scheme, we could have filled Wondrous Stadium with the number of people newly diagnosed with cancer. And the largest proportion of those are females. We've got more than 8.5 million women worldwide being diagnosed with cancer every single year. And breast cancer is probably the most common of those. And whilst it's really treatable, there is a significant loss of income that comes during that time, and we see significant number of claims coming through for breast cancer specifically. And for these events that we don't like to think about, but are so common, I think it is disproportionate to think that a breadwinner, your, your husband's heart attack, might come sooner than your cancer event. And so planning for all these things not just being hit by a bus or the unfortunate death or the death of a husband but also your health. Uh, you know, I'm speaking to a female listener maybe, but to know that there could be significant things and obstacles and adversities that come into play with your own health specifically is so important to cater for. And I speak about cancer because I think it is the one that we see more often on the discovery life side than anything else. But cardiovascular diseases, we shouldn't really leave that out of the discussion because it is the number one killer of women today. So you're one in three deaths across all women in the world is as a result of a cardiovascular disease. And just to expand on that, that's not just a heart attack. It could be as a result of hypertension or any forms of arrhythmias. And and all of those things contribute to the claims that we see for women today.
0: Are there specific products for women? I mean, we have, you know, short-term insurers that will design vehicle accident policies for women because women generally pose a lower risk on the roads than men do. I don't know if that's general actually maybe it's (laughs) universally Um, but, but is there a requirement for different thinking and a different approach and different sorts of insurance products?
1: Absolutely Bruce and I think the coverage for a female should be holistic so not only covering that event that happens to a female and I'll touch on that in a second But also covering on an event that could happen to their child, perhaps, and, you know, enabling them to give the best care possible to that child during that time, whilst also keeping up a certain level of income in that household. So those are possible products that exist out there. But just to mention a few, there's severe illness benefits, or as Dr. Marita called it, a critical illness cover. And those provide broad spectrum coverage for every body system and automatic cover for your children as well. You then have a standalone benefit that you can buy for your child. So, if there is ever a time where you could consider selling the roof over your head in order to treat your child, that is not necessary if you planned for upfront through the child protector benefits that exist. And then you need a benefit that protects your income because that is a a massive asset in our lives. We've all just started entering the workforce. We've got a large number of females in comparison to what we had maybe 20 or 30 years ago working. And that asset, that income is so essential to protect because if you are to think about your life without having that income in the future, it would be a significantly reduced quality of life. So income products are absolutely necessary. Income products also protect you from events that may reduce your income like pregnancy and that's not necessarily a complicated event and whereas it could be but let's think about a completely healthy pregnancy where you could be off from work for a few months uh, as, as maternity leave. Products even protect you for the loss of income during that. You then have your disability cover, which as Dr. Marita mentioned, is absolutely necessary because it's you know to give you that confidence that you can regain your lifestyle through your ability to purchase the best medical technology that's out there in order to enable yourself. And then lastly, the one thing that's close to my heart is business assurance. We don't realize that in South Africa alone, 47%, I think it is, so it's just shy of 50% of small business owners are females. It's blood, sweat, and tears that have been put into this business. And if anything is to happen to them, that business being their baby, I think it would be devastating to know that there aren't measures in place to ensure that the business can continue to run. So business insurance is as important for women as it would be for men. I could go on and on and on talking about the various products, but I think that really sums up at a high level what's available for women today.
0: Tell me then, if you would, Marita, as we wrap up today, just about in COVID 19, I would assume that there have been. Plenty of case studies of women who have found themselves ill, incapacitated, unable to work. In some cases, those women will be the breadwinners in families. In other cases, they um, maybe have done the unpaid work in the family. And suddenly, there is a huge burden on a family. There's this huge weight on a family because nobody actually thought that what the woman did was that significant a, a risk to the family's financial well-being.
2: Yes, Bruce, COVID nineteen was a challenge. I think if it was a movie we would say no, it's far too far fetched. It could not happen. And then it did. So the bulk of our claims were for income replacement, income continuation. We saw a lot of claims obviously in our medical professionals, which today is very much like 50-50 medical professionals, male, female, lots of females in the medical profession. So they claimed uh, equally. Death cover, unfortunately, we had a couple of death claims as well. Unfortunately not always the older people and the comorbidities. We had a couple of younger people that you would not have expected to succumb to COVID, but we had a good couple of deaths. One death is one too many. So far the long term effects of COVID is not known as yet. We are, of course, watching all the research to see what the long-term effects would be. We are worried about the mental effects of the whole COVID pandemic, loss of income, loss of dear ones, loss of what life as we knew it. So we are watching the mental effect very carefully. So far, it seems like people recover so that we're not expecting long-term heart and lung problems, hopefully not leading to long-term disability. But as we say, we have never done COVID before, so we just don't know at this stage. But definitely the income.
0: And there's also a a deep uncertainty. I mean, for the first time in their lives, many, many people have actually been vulnerable and have suddenly realised perhaps their own mortality. For the first time So you know perfectly healthy perfectly fit people actually were stricken by an illness over which they had no control and that would have freaked a lot of people out yes that's why the mental health issues are so important and i would
2: really advise anybody if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed to seek help early because the earlier you treat it the earlier you address these issues the better and you can recover from these mental health issues so very very important that we recognize it and that you don't just sweep it under the carpet but go and ask help get the treatment get the counseling and try to get back to what we think what normal will be.
0: Mm. Again not to put too fine a point on it but the stress of the time that we've lived through and I think women may I'm get in trouble for generalizations but women may feel that perhaps more acutely than many men women tend to to think about the well-being of individuals within families whether they be elderly family members whether they be the breadwinners whether they be the children of the family and I wonder if we're not going to go through a period of some kind of traumatic stress post-traumatic stress perhaps
2: that is definitely known. That that is a it's, it's a danger, and if you think about it, who did the homeschooling? I hope that the daddies also chipped in. I'm sure they did. But I know of many mothers that did the homeschooling and cleaning the house and working, keeping a full and, 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 so, yeah. yeah. So it's, it was hard on everybody. It's not just women or just men. It was hard on everybody. But I think very often, Ashka said, the expectation is that the women will look after the children and that you might have other responsibilities i'm also lucky enough that my husband does help me a lot in the house so thank you very much for that my darling husband
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you shouldn't have to thank him <laughs> uh, it's just a small case of point no, 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 but i no, think it, it underlines no, the problem bruce
2: yes. bruce you never take anything for
0: granted true yes ma'am
2: you always <laughs> thank everybody
0: we get this we understand this. but listen guys <laughs> thanks very very much I mean what an interesting and insightful perspective on the world of insurance and the idea of insurance when especially when it comes to women Dr. Marita van der Vault, the Chief Medical Officer at Discovery Life thank you Marita and Kashmira Kanji the Discovery Life Senior Risk Specialist thank you to you as well you see I'm learned and I learn fast
2: <laughs> thank
0: you Bruce thanks Bruce To better understand how a comprehensive life insurance cover can not only protect you and your family, but also adapt to suit your ever-changing needs, head over to Covering What You Care About section on the Discovery Magazine Smart Money Hub at discovery.co.za. Here you will find a wealth of resources to strengthen your financial footing in the most protective of ways. You can visit discovery.co.za for more details of Discovery Life's full range of cover benefits, or you can chat directly to a Discovery certified financial advisor. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Money Matters, brought to you by Discovery. Share the podcast and join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Your Matters and tag at Discovery underscore S-A. You can subscribe to the Discovery podcast channel, Discovery South Africa, on your favorite podcast app or visit discovery.co.za to listen to all of our shows.